This show was created by a menace for menaces. Menace to society. From menace to decent society. And always has been a menace to society. You are now locked into a brand new episode of the Menace to Society podcast. Made for those who don't settle, don't stick to the status quo, and for those who aren't afraid to think outside the box. Let's go. If you aren't afraid to speak up or do things differently, even when things do not make any sense to most people, then this is for you. We smash goals and crush average. All day, A-Day, baby. The Menace to Society podcast starts now. Welcome to the Menace to Society podcast, where we take average, we kill it, and we become savages. Today's the first podcast. And by the way, that may not be the intro for every single podcast. I'm just working with a few things. But today's the first episode. And I got one of my best friends in the whole freaking world. And that's no joke. There's two guys in my life that I spend a lot of time with that I never see because we talk to each other on Marco Polo, like we're dating and uh, it is, it's bad. And we're all, we're all growing businesses. So it's fun. So today we're going to talk to Mr. Jason Von Payne of the sexy roof status clan. He is a roof a mother trucking roofer. He's gone from $0 as a business owner to last year doing $7 million. And the goal of the Menace to Society podcast is that you guys can hear real life stories from people running real businesses, not somebody who created an online business that's never done anything, never taken any risks, never had to sign the front of any checks. Uh, this guy signs the front of a lot of checks, taking a lot of risk. And uh, I'm super proud to have him because I remember at one point he was somebody else's roofer. He was working for other people and then one day decided to do his own thing. So for those of you, you've thought to yourself, gosh, I don't need the guy I'm working for. He doesn't provide me value. I've just, I've outgrown him. You're going to hear a story today that hopefully will inspire you and you'll realize like, okay, if, if it's up to me, I got to make it happen. I got to quit talking about it. I got to take this fear and do something with it. And that's what Jason did. So welcome, brother, man. And uh, by the way, we're doing it in his house. He's like, I wish you guys could see. Maybe they can see the video. There'll be a video of it. Uh, I wish you guys could yeah, see we'll the before. You should show the before and after. Yeah, we'll throw we'll throw before and after so you can see what this place looked like before. Terrence is like, dude, I want to come to your place and rip. So I got with my my guy. You say I know a guy. I got my guy to come in and within a few hours flipped this place upside down and turned it into a badass studio ready rock and roll for to host the first Menace to Society podcast. Dude, it looks like a studio in here for real. I feel like yeah. we should be shooting like the next Transformers movie or something in here. He told me John Travolta is going to stop by later. Dude, so and he, all he needs is that little thing that clicks up and down. Yeah. Scene but, one, take three. Let's go. And go. Bumblebee almost dies again. <laughs> Whoa, I'm so surprised. Right? That's how it goes. Exactly. So JVP... That's what we're going to call you the whole rest of the show, because Jason Von Payne, I'm, I'm over that. It's too long. Done too much it. time. Exactly. You're, too much energy. There's a lot of work for your mother to name you that. So right? we're just, just going to shorten it to JVP, because that's like uh, that's like an all-star running back in the NFL. Like They just put JVP on, and everybody buy the jersey. Said Jason Von Payne wouldn't sell a freaking jersey. Yep. JVP would sell out. CP3, Chris Paul III. That's see, dumb. Nobody's going nobody's to call, oh, hey, hey, Chris Paul III. No, CP3, what up, dog? See, you understand where I'm going with that. Sir. So what I want, want you to do is uh, take us back a little bit to the very, very beginning. Now, I'm talking about 
you serve a mission for your church. You, mm-hmm. I, I, I did the same thing. You work your guts out. You know how hard it is. Uh, you had to learn Spanish. So you're not, you're like the thought of having to do difficult things was already embedded in you. You come from a family where your dad just is, he's a grinder, a worker, yep, yep. um, ran his own business, uh, probably could have done a lot more with it had he had different data throughout his life. And, and, and I think that's been the difference I've seen between what you told me about your dad and what you're doing now with your own business Right, is you're just taking different data and you're actually using it. Sure. But that quality of just doing what it takes, grinding, being good to people, making sure you've got a good name in the marketplace and just like that comes from your family, right? So you go on a mission, you come home, right? Talk to me about what it is you start doing. And by the way, tell people, when you started doing this, what you were making an hour, because I want I want I want them to understand, like everybody starts somewhere. It's so easy to see. Oh, man, there's these green, sexy roof status trucks everywhere. And by the way, like I came out the other day, my new house we just moved into and I was confused because right at the end of my driveway, all of a sudden there's this sexy roof status truck. <laughs> and I forgot that this fool had hired my brother in law and he was overdoing stuff for my wife. So I'm like, I'm seeing it everywhere, right? I go to yes, sleep sir. thinking about sexy roofs. I wake up thinking about sexy roofs. I get pictures at the grocery stores of like, hey, who, which, uh, which sales rep is at Walmart at nine o'clock at night? Yeah, so, yeah. right. And so that yeah. that's that's branding. And I think sometimes people they look and they're like, oh well, of course it's Jason. Like they know you as must this. be nice. Yeah, yeah. They have no freaking, They have no freaking clue. And so what I want to do is take us back to that. You get home. What do you start doing for work? So I got home and the really only thing I had to get to my claim, not claim to fame, but the only thing I had going for me was I had a, cr- a clean driver's license and I spoke Spanish and some sort of a work ethic based off of my parents teach me to work and sports and I had three jobs in the summer. So I come back and I really just like driver's license and I speak Spanish and that's it. So when you, that's your, when that's your, those are your qualifications. What's your resume? Uh, I went on a mission and I speak Spanish. They're like, <laughs> Alrighty, to landscaping you go, <laughs> and that's straight up what happened. So I, uh, so I worked for a buddy who was an irrigation uh, uh, for landscaping. I was an irrigation tech, and he's uh, started me at twelve fifty an hour. I was there for about a year, and my cousin contacted me, and he's like, "Hey, I'm leaving to go start my own roofing company in Chicago." And I said, "Okay," and he's like, "I want you to come. I know you speak Spanish. Boom, qualified me." Mm. So that was he wouldn't have called me if I didn't speak Spanish, guaranteed. Yeah. Because in in the roofing world, especially here in Phoenix, it's very Latino based, mm. Guatemalan, Mexican. So that decision you made at 19 years old to go learn another language instantly put you in a position for a, an opportunity you, you wouldn't have had. If you go even further back, uh, when you send in your papers, I was the very first missionary in my stake to be able to send uh, your application via internet. Before mm. it used to be all paper, right? Mm. And it'd be internet. And there's a comment section that says, are there any notes you'd like to leave for the first presidency when deciding where you should go on your mission? Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't care where I go as long as I go Spanish speaking. Mm. Because I knew just deep down, I'm like, dude, I was like, there's nothing more than like the dudes that can rip Spanish when you go down to Rocky Point or you go on trips and stuff and you can communicate with the guys. You're probably getting better deals, better food, better reservations, better everything. Facts. Being able to, to, to throw that Espanol in and there, And you right? get the real good food. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Up. Yeah. And you don't and you don't get things mixed up either, right? They yeah. give you crap like, uh, I didn't ask for that. Like, dude, you don't speak Spanish. They give or you, you or when you can look them in the eyes and you're the whitest white boy they've seen, you're like, I know what you're doing right now. Yeah. 
Right. Or you play dumb at the border. Yeah. You just play dumb. You're like, no hablo espanol, cervezas, por favor. <laughs> and they're like, just go. Get out of my way. One time I used that and it went against me. Anyways, long story short. But so I so I, I knew Spanish. So that uh, that got me in the door, mm-hmm. right? That got me an, an interview or basically a phone call to do that. So 12 50 an hour, first person on price loses, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I still believe that to my core. Yes. On anything. First person on price loses to open their mouth. And he's like, hey, what do you make an hour? And I'm like, and I, it's tw- I'm 21. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 12 50 an hour. He's like, okay. He's like, okay, I think we could pay you like $14 an hour. And I'm like, for those that make twelve fifty an hour and that get a raise, a dollar fifty an hour, that's huge. Yeah, you feel like you're rich, dude. I swear, in my life, I felt like I could go buy a Lambo that next day. <laughs> that's m- mentally, yeah. right? That's like my, my financial dude. Like a dollar fifty an hour, forty hours a week. That's you know, that's extra five hundred bucks times fifty two weeks. That's like twenty five. That's twenty five hundred dollars. Dude, I could like that's a down payment on a new car. <laughs> or whatever. Right. And so I was like, okay, 14 bucks an hour. I was like, boom, sold. So I went and talked to my boss. I said, Hey, I want to do this. When can I go? He's like, just go. I'm like, okay. So literally the next Monday started doing that. So going from there, how, how in depth do we want to go with this? Cause it could be, it could get intense. Yeah. We don't, we don't, we I'll don't want to do right the transformers, the entire movie, but what I want you to do is move. There's this common misconception with people that like they see somebody where they're at now. Like, you know, I intro I said, Hey, last year, because uh, what's, what's it been two and a half years ago, since you started your roofing company? Yep, two and, a half. and last year alone in 2021, uh, while the pandemic was still happening, you did $7 million in revenue, which was your first, your, your second full calendar year in business. Second and, full calendar and year. And people yep. look, and, look and they just, they see who you are and they're like, oh, he, you don't understand. You don't have the history I do. You don't, you haven't had to go through what I've done through. So what I want you to do is move them through that progressive process. So, sure. Twelve fifty an hour, obviously didn't work out. Why didn't it work out? Because right, you're not there still. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, okay, fourteen bucks an hour, and I'm like, okay. And they're like, you're going to be a production manager and run our crews, and I'm like, what's a production manager? Like I said, no school, no education, Gilbert High School graduate, and that's about it. So fourteen bucks an hour, but I said, okay, cool. So I worked with my my cousin for a couple of weeks. He left, and I basically just got thrown to the wolves, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that point, it was like, I'm, I'm the get shit done, figure mm. it out, mm. right? Um, find a way. Um, and so that's kind of where I was like, okay, cool. So that's what I did. So I literally talk about like, put your head down in the trench work. That's when that started. So January of 2010, all the way there, October of 2010, the hailstorm, one of the biggest hailstorm in Phoenix, I think in the history of Phoenix mm. happened in October of 2010. So I got like, nine, 10 months of roofing experience. And then this massive catastrophic, literally catastrophic where they had brought in storm chasers from other parts of the country to come and sell roofs in Phoenix and mm. mostly Glendale, but in Phoenix Metro mm. anyways. So that was like huge baptism by fire. Like we went from 1.8 that year, I think to 4.1, just hey, hold, like that. Hold on, let's stop right there. So you just said something baptism by fire. Cause I think so many people they're waiting around to say, Oh, when I know everything, when I've, I've learned everything that I can learn, then I'll feel ready and I'll be successful. And I've done the research and I've yeah. watched the videos and I blah, blah, blah. I was talking with Dylan before this podcast when you were coming over. Mm-hmm. I talked to him. I was like, dude, I was like, I press record and then I figure shit out later. Yeah. Like, don't like I was all my videos and stuff. I'm like, how many takes have I done with you? He's like, retakes. And all the videos, all the pictures, everything. I'm like, how many times are like, hey, let's take more pictures of this or let's retake this. He's like, I think once. And it was because his audio went out on his mic. 
Mm. That was it. He's like, I don't think I've ever had you do a retake ever. Yeah. See, I'm what like, did you ask me when I sat down? What's your structure? What's your outline? What's your outline? And you're like, bro? Outlines for pansies. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> Something with a P. Something with a we'll, P. We'll keep it. We'll keep it G-rated, right? Right. But that's but that's what that's what I learned. I'm like, dude. And Grant Cardone's one of my biggest uh, mentors, and he like he preaches that like crazy. Like, say yes, figure it out later. But right. what you didn't, what you kept doing is you kept setting yourself up for a new opportunity to learn, right. having no idea that one day this experience was going to build to you taking the big jump and running a roofing company right? because you don't actually put on any of the roofs yourself. I've right? never installed a full roof by myself in my life. Ever. Oh, wow. I wish we had like some sound effects doing where I can <laughs> bang a, some symbols like a monkey or something right yeah, now. Like because- the Grinch, right? <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, straight up never I've never installed an entire roof, shingle, tile, foam in my in my entire life. So how long finish. were you a production manager? So that trench I called the trench work. Um it was about from 2013 or 2010 to about 2015, so a solid 5 years. And after that I was getting burnt out and I was working 100-hour weeks and I was doing sales too a little bit so cuz I I said, "Hey, well, how can I make more money?" cuz that was a salaried position. And he's mm-hmm. like, "You got to sell." He's like, we'll give you a cut of everything you sell. And I'm like, what? So I was like, wait, you're telling me I can work 40, 50, 60 hours a week doing production. And then I can work another 20, 30 hours a week. You're talking 80, 90 hours a week. You're talking six twelves, mm. right? If not more, sometimes six fifty. And you're talking during the hailstorms. You're talking six days a week, sometimes 12, 15, 18 hour days. I just want to know if somebody that's listening right now, if they just passed out in their chair, hearing how much you were working, right? Because that's what it freaking takes. That, it, it takes real work. There's only 24 hours in a day. And I yeah. said either 12, 15, or 18. So if you do 18, do the math. I'm a Gilroy High School graduate, right? Yeah, we won't do math 18, on the air. We don't 18 minus 24. Yeah, yeah, six hours. And that's like enough to sleep. And that's that was, and then that back was at it. Solid subtraction right there. Right? That was really, really good. <laughs> I, did, I did. I wrote up on the board before just to make sure I didn't mess it up. I saw Dylan. He was holding the card up. He's like, Six, say six. Yeah, like Supercross. They're like, yeah. hey, like, go faster. It doesn't start. Like, six. And confidently... It's six, right? Yeah. So, so uh, you're working, grinding. How long did you do that for? Woo! I need to stop doing that. I apologize. You keep, sorry, guys. If you could see this, I'm he that just guy. keeps messing with the chair. We get yep. rolling. He's like, table down. Right? He likes to just chop it up like Chop that. it up. So five years you do that. Then you start selling? Then I get into sales. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, get sales into sales full time and, and become the sales manager at that point too. For this same company? For the same company. Okay. Yep. So five years, so year six now I'm in and I got a sales team of three, four, five, no more than five guys, but probably three to four guys at a time apart from myself. And in that meantime, those three years, I'm still personally averaging $1.5 million in sales apart from what my sales reps. <clears throat> and so I'd get a rip off of what my sales guys would sell. So I'm motivated to give them leads. And then naturally the inner part of me just loves selling and loves, you know, bringing on those checks and those signed contracts. Mm-hmm. And so I would rip, I averaged about 1.5 for those three years as well till about 2018. So at this point though, you had never managed teams and it was basically like, hey, you've been here for a while, guy. Uh, you seem to know what you're doing. Why don't you go manage these guys and teach them how to sell? Is that kind of how it happened? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I was like, you're, you're the number one sales rep. So kind of like there's a team underneath you, like talk to them and have them do what you do. Mm, And how'd that go? Uh, it went good. Not great. Why do you say that? 
Uh, because I gave them a salary plus commission in the, oh. in the sales world, the S word. Oh, salary kills. Guaranteed money. Yeah. Guaranteed. Stupid. Guaranteed to not work as hard. That's what you should put it. Guaranteed to let up on Friday at three o'clock because I'm getting a check next Friday, no matter what. Exactly. Sign yeah. here. Yeah. Sorry, about super custom- dumb. Sorry, Mister Customer. Uh, I can't go get this contract signed because I'm gonna be late for dinner. So can we meet tomorrow? That's yeah. what, that's no, but what, tomorrow's Saturday. Let's can we move it to Monday? So let's uh, give you forty eight oh, hours wait, to think about it's it. It's Labor Day on Monday, though. Oh, Tuesday then. Yeah, you want to just freaking crush the soul of your business, pay people salaries, and Plenty salaries, simple. salaries basically like, hey, no, I'll come work with you if you give me a salary. That's like they've got a sign on them that says, "Unwilling to perform." Like I can't perform, right? Yeah, uh, willing to go. 80%. Yeah, exactly. But you'll never get the 20% out of me because I don't need to. If you want an underachiever, hire me. Right? S- sign here. Dang, we should do some advertising for some businesses. Barf. Yeah. So, so that being so. Four or five, four or five people you, you have and that then, you're yeah, running? Yeah. And I said it and I'm like, hey, you need to be doing X number of dollars a month. And and I was, I was trying to coach them, trying to teach them uh, in the roofing world and also in the sales world going from there. So fast forward three years, uh, we hit record sales. We did over $5 million once, mm. uh, the year I was there, I still sold 1.5 of that. And how long has that company been around up to that point? Uh, 30, a little over 30, around 30 years. And he did 7 million in his f- second full calendar year. You might, you might want to pay attention. If you've been asleep, wake the freak up. So back up. Yeah. So 5.1 is the most that company had ever done ever. And yeah. Very blessed to to clear seven mil in twenty twenty one, dude. Blessed, okay, whatever you can call it, whatever you want. Uh, let's just call it hard work, determination. You're a fire breathing freaking dragon, and it has nothing to do with blessings or luck. You're blessed. Nothing. You're yeah. blessed because you grew up in a household where you were taught to work hard. Yeah, and you're blessed that you have some great influences. <clears throat> In your life. Yeah, uh, Dylan right here. Yeah, Dylan. He's, yeah, not the guy across from me, but the, Dylan over here yeah, that I mean, I've only known for like 90 days. Yeah, I mean, that guy. If I would have set this room up, <laughs> we'd have like a couple busted lights. One of these mics would be sharing, we'd be sharing a mic. Yeah, like hold and then you twist yeah. and then you talk and then I'll talk. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. we would have lollipops, Dylan. I would have brought the lollipops. You didn't think about the lollipops. There you go. Didn't bring candy. So uh, just just for some context. So you're, how long total were you with that company? About eight and a half years. Okay. Super blessed because you Super had blessed. a platform to struggle on. You yep. had a platform to learn from. Totally. You did have a guy that had managed to do something in business. And so you did get to see what 5 million looked like, even though you blew way past it. Yeah. And or a solid two to four. Right, because we only did it once, so it's like, oh yeah, like did you do that once? Right, it's like you you're an MVP once, or you won the Super Bowl once. But you had you had a bunch of experience that when you, you know, I would say because I I, you know I've gone through some similar things. You just outgrow your mentors sometimes. Totally, and uh, sometimes it's because there's forced growth, which was basically what happened to you, right? Because you were in there slaying it, crushing it. You had zero desire, I would say, to at that point start your own roofing company. Oh, yeah. No, I was in no position to do it at that time. And no way. way too terrified, right? The thought yes. of that, like it wasn't even in the stratosphere of what you were thinking no. about. You might as well have been an alien from Mars. 
because that was not on the table. Like there's 99 things I was thinking of. And probably the 100 thing was starting my own business at that point. 99 things, but starting his business wasn't one. Mm-hmm. Right. That's had, good to work, had to work that in. So uh, there was something that happened, though. See, I know your story. There was something that happened, though. You went to this guy and said, basically, I've worked my can off. I want to be here long term, but I'd like to feel like you want me around. I'd like a little piece. And how did that conversation go? Uh, it didn't. Yeah, obviously. Uh, it didn't. It didn't go well. Um, but just to keep, keep it uh, vague, lack of better words, I wanted to buy in and we just couldn't come to an agreement and yeah. I, I wanted to commit full, like all in balls to the wall, hundred percent committed. And it just didn't, it, it just didn't work out. And there was not enough, uh, like uh, all about close, right? Did you yeah. close? Did I, who closed to, he closed me that I wasn't either the right fit or the right guy. Mm-hmm. I just told that to my face. Yeah. You're not my guy. Okay. Well, then I'm which is totally fine, right? And I appreciate that the yeah. bluntness instead of like, you know, somebody like, oh, yeah, well, let's try and make this work. Yeah. And then you get drug out over several months and all this bull crap. Yeah. And then you're like, and then it doesn't work. It's like, bro, just tell me, like, nope. Yeah. That's what I want. Like a yes or a no. Not like maybe kind of sort of bull crap. Like, bro, let's do business or let's not do business. And he straight up said, nope. So I said, okay. Literally, the next day, I brought my two week notice and I was gone. Yeah. And it lasted one week. And it lasted one week. Lasted one week. Two weeks got cut into one week. Two weeks got cut into yeah. one week. But because by the time when 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 you're both kind of when he realized you were done, why, he doesn't want you around. That's, no, I mean that's that's a solid. Choice. And I'm mentally committed. I'm, I was I was 110 percent out of the game. And as a business owner, you can appreciate that now. 110 percent. Right? Yeah, yeah, because you've gone through some of that yourself. I actually, when I let people go or they want to quit, I as soon as I get the, I get that 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 inner gut feeling, mm-hmm. I go in there, I bring it up, I address it. And if they, if I need to let them go, I let them go right away. I, I literally give them a two week severance. Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, I'll give you, I'll give you two weeks to go find a job, but you're two weeks here. Uh, you're not going to add more value to me and give your, and bust your balls and be hundred percent here. So I don't just give you that as like a courtesy, like, Hey, thanks for working here. Here's your two weeks of pay. Like here's two weeks to sell pay your bills and do all that stuff and go find another job. For, and for if sure. you're going to, if you're going to quit or I think you're going to quit, I'll bring it in, address it and be like, cool. Be like, I don't even want you to be like, I will do I will move, move, make moves to get rid of you as soon as possible. Yeah, you don't need that influence on the rest of your people. You owe, it, you owe it to everybody else that's there. That's putting it on the line to protect the environment and the culture. And that's Bingo. that's a tough thing as a leader because I know, like for me, I've had I've had instances where I knew what needed to happen, right, and I still didn't do it. And the business to a degree paid the price for it because I let it, let it go on too long. And I know you've had one or two of those, Oh yeah. um, but it only takes a couple where you realize like, okay, the most difficult decision in this case is always the correct one, which is protect the culture, protect my people at all costs. Reputation. Yeah. Reputation and, and making it happen fast, right? No matter how, how, how hard it hurts. If you got to cut off the index finger with a smaller employee or a, I don't say less valuable, but a, a lower, uh, skill set or lower position, mm-hmm. or if you're cutting off like at the shoulder yeah, and it's going to hurt that much more compared to cutting off a finger, just do it because that is going to infect the rest of your body. Facts. It's just going to the animosity gets crazy. The culture gets compromised. And now you're, you're, you're naturally injecting yourself with animosity and negativity and someone that's already mentally checked out. Now, everybody that's checked in and going hundred percent, that person is now naturally going to be infectious. Well, and all the rest so of the people, they're wondering, 
what's going on? Why is this person still here? Yeah. Whether well, why does his number suck? What yeah. happened? Like he killed it last month and this month he's like, hasn't done anything. Oh, you guys, it's all right. You know? And then there's a lot of conversations that are happening behind closed doors that 100%. you're never privy to that are doing damage to the brand and to the business mm -hmm. because your people, the business isn't anything without people. It's not a real living thing. It has life because it's created by the people that help make it move. Right. Yeah. So, so let's go back a second. So you have this conversation. Mm -hmm. I would say, uh, that guy did you a super solid by being very direct 100%. because it lets you knew, it lets you know exactly where you stood. And I know there was some emotions there because your, your heart and soul was in that company. You had bled there. You had grown there. My 10 years started there from yeah. scratch, from you, zero. You, you really had built your knowledge base through your experience there, right? You right, had just right. tons of opportunity. But he says, nope, not my guy, you know, and cool. immediately you're like, all right, whatever. Pivot. We're, we're Adjust. Done. Yeah, which is what you have to do in business. And you can't be like, woe is me, or I'm going to go on, you know, uh, or like, I'm going to take a few months off and think about it. I'm going to go travel with my family. I'm going to go, whatever. That's a bunch of bullshit. I need a break. Yeah, I'm, I'm burnout. Yeah. I need a break. I need, I need more hugs. Like, if you burn a piece of toast, what do you do? Yeah. Throw the toast away. Go get another piece of bread and throw in the fucking toaster. I apologize. I thought we weren't swearing on this podcast. Listen, you get me, you get my emotions going, my passion going. And I, I already I, knew it was impossible. I'm like a I mini Andy Frisella. I called it at the very beginning. Dude, I last, I lasted like that was pretty good. 30 minutes. I'm not going to lie. The good Mormon boy, he lasted a while. <laughs> so uh, that that's super important because uh, listen, pay attention to what it, what it is he's teaching you here. Too many times I see people, they get down in the dumps. I just had a conversation with a guy today. He's kind of become a leader inside my company. He's like, I'm just feeling all the pressure. I'm like, good. I pressure, want you to feel pressure. pressure. Makes diamonds. That's exactly what Ooh. I told him. See, that's why like our, that's stream, why our, streams, that's why our, our streams are crossing right now, yeah. right? Our streams yeah. are crossing. That's why we made, we, we both made the same shirt and wore it at the same time. Exactly. Like, we're on the same okay. menstrual cycle. Connection just, is real. Binger. So like pressure is great. Like you want to feel right. that pressure because pressure create can create new decisions and new opportunities. Growth. It does. Most people though, they think like, Oh, I'm just like, somehow they're going to run from it. And it just follows you around until you decide to make the decision right. in other, it, at some point in your life. People that pressure think, never goes away. You have financial pressure facts and you run and you run away. You, that bill is still due. That mortgage is still due. That debt is still due. That whatever is still due. Yeah, you can't call the bank up and say, hey, uh, two-week extension on my mortgage because I was too stressed. Or you go to the bar and get sh and get shit-faced for the day or the night or the weekend. You come back on Monday, guess what? That car payment's still there. That's why I love that uh, rent, you know, price of success, right? It, it, you know, rent's due every day. Our buddy Nikki T, I hear that at least once a week on our Marco Polos. Yeah. Rent is due every single day. Day. So you, you immediately, so, you put some, you put some things into action. You find, I think at that point, the idea finally floated into your head a little bit that this, this idea of working for somebody else, I, I think at that point, cause we, that's right. When we started having some conversations, you, I think for like, like a beam shot out of the sky and planted this small little idea in your head that, right. well, maybe I go start my own thing. Um, and you started verbalizing it a little bit. Yeah. Um, it still took you a while. And I, I yeah, the second, I, the second I left there, I'm like, okay, I want to start, I want to start my company. I have no idea how to run one. And don't forget, I said I, was, I did production and sales. 
there's more to a company than just production and sales. Are you sure? Uh, well, now I know that. Oh, congratulations. I read it in a book. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, the whole admin side, man. Yeah. You have the, you have the taxes and the workers comp, you have the liability insurance, you have a thing called payroll. Hold the on. crap I is just, payroll. I just threw up in my mouth. Can I get some water, Dylan? I just, like, I barfed. I literally barfed when he said that. Yeah. So you're, you, yeah. But that, that idea floated in your head where you're like, hmm. Maybe the answer is running my own thing. So what did you do? You handed in your. So here's the here's the bomb. Drop so the bomb. It, drop it. The bomb I'm dropping. I was more scared to leave the company I'd worked for for eight and a half years to go to another company that was going to let me just sell. Mm. No stress of of payroll and of crews and of a sales team. Just whatever I whatever I kill, I eat. If I go kill whales, I eat whales. Sharks, crickets, mosquitoes, whatever. No other stress, no other, nothing else to worry about. You just, mm. I went over there and I said, okay. He's like, you sell, you sell. I said, cool, let's sell. I was more terrified to go sell for that company than I was to go from sales, straight commission sales to starting my own company. Mm. Because think about it. Where was, where was my comfort zone? Mm-hmm. I left my eight and a half year of comfort zone of, I didn't know anything else. I had no other trainings. I had no other coaching. I had no other systems. I only had what I had. Yeah, you left your land that you knew, like the yeah. back of your hand. So then I go sell for a year for another company. Good company. By the so, way, this is the, this is the same time I met you. Yes. Really for the second time. Because we right. met one time at a gas station <laughs> randomly. This is a good story. Where you hit on me and you're like, yeah. hey, you, you know. some So very few people now, Grant's taken over the, the internet now, but five years ago-ish. Yeah. Right? Yeah, two, three, no, four, at been, least about I've four been, years. I've been married. Yeah, yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Four-ish. You're right. Yeah, four-ish. Yeah. So four-ish years ago, Grant wasn't as uh, as known as he is now, mm-hmm. especially I feel like in the Arizona Phoenix world, uh, he wasn't known in, in that space. But so Taryn shows up on his motorcycle at the Quick Trip on Val Vista in the 202. I'm getting gas or doing whatever. He's getting gas and he has a shirt on that says. Don't criticize my f- swag. Find your own. Grant Cardone at the bottom. And Grant and GC's at the bottom. Yeah, and then you touched my nipples. And then I was like, wee, wee, wee. Yeah. You're like, oh, GC buddies. Right? I was like, no, I literally said, 10X. That's exactly what you said. You're right. (laughs) That's literally what I said across the gas station. I was like, 10X. And he's like, you're freaking psycho. I'm going to get on my motorcycle and ride away as fast as I can and turn that way away from you. That was was the extent of really our interaction. That was it. And then all of a sudden, you're like, yeah, bro, right on. Yeah, I'm like, power to the people. Let me get out of here before you like do something weird to me. I was, yeah, I was scared. I protected. He's going to come ask me for money. I better get out of here. No, I protected my zipper is what I really did. I thought this was going to get get really sideways. This is going to go bad. So uh, then like a year or two later, I walk into this conference room off of Cooper and Ray in Arizona, mm-hmm. and uh, your buddy that you knew at the time, Nikki T, who's one of my good friends now, mm-hmm. and this guy I knew, uh, Ken Starks, invited me. He says, hey, you want to come do this mastermind thing? And we show up in the same room, and we lock eyes again, and we're like, oh, dude, it's gas station, bro, right? Dude, it's the guy from the gas station. It's the guy from the gas station. So that's when we really get introduced. Right. And then over a couple of weeks, and but at that point, you're just selling. You actually hadn't even left that original company yet. Nope. That was where I met you. And you were right. having, uh, I think it was within a couple of months after I met you, you had the combo with the guy, the owner. Right, and he's like, right. no, not my guy. And you're like, crap. So you, you left to this other company. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that entire time, uh, I'd say, thank goodness for you, you were in that conference room because 
you had a couple of people that started pressing on you when they realized one, Jason, a JVP, uh, originates all of his own leads. You'd already been finding all your own people. So you'd right. learned the art of prospecting. You'd figured out how to get in front of people, tell them a story, help them out, gain their trust. Market, good marketing, and, strong and, marketing game. And then you, you learned how to take marketing and turn it into sales. And you were doing that all on your own. 100% on my own. Yeah. Own platforms, no website, strictly, basically just social media, to be honest. Which was already a business. You just didn't realize that yet. Oh, 110%. Yeah. yeah. But then you had some guys that were running businesses who were like, dude, uh, you're already running a business, right? You remember those conversations? Mm -hmm. You know, like, dude, where's my car? It's like, dude, where's your business? Because you're already running one full. Running a business within a business. Yeah. And yep. so then we just started, I'd say we were beating you up. Well, cause that's, that was a cool part of that, about that room. It was like, there was, there was, it was all vulnerability and humility, mm -hmm. right? As, as Brandon Tossin teaches, he's like all humility and vulnerability. And it's like, go oh, change your life. We have to have both of those, mm. um, humble enough to recognize that you need help and then vulnerable enough to let people come help you Yes, and tear you apart and then mm -hmm. build you back up. Love. On and you. so, yeah. And that's, but, and that's, but, that's true but, love. But grab you hard. That's the, the, the cusping is, yes. is really where we it cuss, comes. We cuss the hell out of you. Yeah. And so that really was Dylan's like, what the freak are you guys talking about? Yeah. I think this Yee. needs to be a permanent thing. I think we're good together. Yeah. That's we're good. good. We're good. So, Heidi, so Heidi questions our, uh, our, our relationship every once in a while. Well, I'll come over so she doesn't have to question it anymore. We'll just get it out in the open. Just yeah. let it, just let it roll. Yeah. So we're in this room and going back and forth. And, uh, yeah, so I leave, so I leave that company to go sell mm -hmm. and I was literally, I was terrified because straight commission, like if you don't sell, you don't. Like no, no dinero in your banco feast or famine. Right. And so I get going and I'm just still doing the exact same thing, just with a different, different polo and a different business card. Different logo on your, on your chest, right? It's all it was. Yeah. Nothing changed. My, my brand, my reputation, my knowledge, my content, none of that changed. But, all stayed But the what was genius though, at that point, when we found out like you had already been branding yourself as Jason, the roofer. I had, I think, over like, like 2,500 posts on my own personal platform that I got to keep. I think that's what helped you a lot, though. Because immediately when you jumped out, it wasn't like there wasn't any confusion with who the brand was. Everybody knew who the brand was, which was you. Right. Oh, fun fact. I left when I left, I had that cell phone for like eight and a half years. It wasn't my cell phone. It was a company cell phone. Mm. That was a huge, huge and a hard thing to change over was when I got my own cell phone. But with the power of social media, it was like, dude, what's your new cell phone? Bro, what's your new email? Mm. Right? So I'd call that cell phone over and over again. I have some crazy stories I won't put out publicly. But for lack of better words, Jason no longer works here. And <laughs> yeah. we'll, leave it, we'll leave it at that. But we would like to come give you a quote on your roof. He is no longer in the roofing industry. I hear he's in a prison in Mexico. Can we come quote your roof? And he has seven wives because he's yes. Mormon. And he is. That's a fact. We That's, all know that. Yeah. So it's anyway, actually, so actually yeah. So so I go. So I go through. And this is where you and Nikki T become a huge part of my life. Other guys as well too, but especially you two. And you see me, and I I just go crush sales for a, a solid year. All with the the mentality, and I told the guy who I was working for at the time, I said, "Hey, I'm going to go start my own roofing company. I don't know if it's going to be in." a year or five years or 10 years, but I'm one day going to leave and start my own but, roofing company. But the good thing to, about you is you had this conversation with him completely upfront. 110% before he, I even, but before he didn't, we even, he didn't believe you though. Well, who, how many people say that? I'm going to start yeah. my own business. Cool. Sure. When you start it, bring me on your podcast. He was smart though. He heard, 
hmm, this guy generates a bunch of his own leads, knows how to close them. I got no cost in marketing. Yeah. He's going to sell. I'm paying him straight commission. Ad spend is zero. Everything is revenue. Yeah. So it's like, well, what's your overhead? Well, apart from the production and a little bit of admin for billing. So what's your ad spend, your marketing, your advertising for Jason? Zero. Zero. And he's like, I'll give you a couple more points. And he's going to, he's like, I'll give you two and I get to keep eight more. Yeah. Because 10%, I mean, just ballpark, right? And so he's like, no brainer. Oh, I'll bring in my own leads. Yeah. I should have told him this up front. I said, I don't want zero leads from your company. I'll bring in my own leads. Gangsta. And, but I want this percentage instead of this one. And he's like, okay. Um, so he, long story short, will you open the door real quick? Sorry, one second. We're going to, we'll yeah. cut, we'll cut this part. All right. Mr. Mike. Don't need to cut it. Don't be scared. Mr. Mike. Yo. This is Mike. Mike, Mike collects our money. Mike's really important in my job, in my company. Straight out of Dallas, Mike. All those, all those five-star reviews you see and you get. What's up, Mike? All those five-star reviews because this cat. Nice. We've got to burn a shirt. Yeah. Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> uh, it's on my, it's on my dashboard of my truck. So there's a, co- there's a signed contract. Just keep the signed contract. Um, there's a signed contract and the checks inside of it. So beautiful. Yeah, please do. By the All way, right, thanks, Doc. We should keep. Hey, all there's this. Dr. Pepper in the fridge if you want one. This is real business, folks. This is you just got a business one on one lesson. Yeah, I just had. I just had. So I'm here doing a podcast. I just had one of my guys that does my accounts receivable that bills everybody and collects everything. I have a nineteen thousand dollar check in my truck Ooh. that he's going to go pick up and go take to the bank right now and go put it in the bank so I, wanna, I can keep I doing this. Cash it. I want to cash it. Right. I will cash that check, boy. Mm. So, I mean, you're in. So 12, 12 months go by. Mm-hmm. I sell $1.8 million in 12 months. Hold on. You don't think that I'm going to, that we're going to gr- glaze over you being a little biznatch. Okay. No, no, no. We're not there yet. Okay. Well, I guess nine months in, this is where this part comes in. Yeah. Okay. okay. But so this is where, this is where Terrence, Terrence. Because this is real talk. This we're, is where Terrence loves. Yeah, I, I love it because this is exactly what, I'm not going to say every person that transfers uh, from entrepreneur to business owner, you know, solopreneur goes through, but I would say the majority, they run scared for a minute. And Jason Von Payne, JVP, he ran scared. I was so confident in what I was doing and selling straight commission. And I was 180 degree flip. I was terrified to start my own business. To the fact that you disappeared from the mastermind. So the group that we were talking about, right, that I went into, yeah. that group, I actually stopped going not even just stopped going and i and i started and let me finish dog i was he wants he wants to steal the thunder dude let me let me tell myself a big little bitch i was is coming bro so the little the little bitch jvp was that guy's dead by the way he's dead he's dead there's no fear i just don't care anymore yeah i was terrified i was terrified of of nick and terrence because they would call me they'd text me where are you dude why are you not the meeting what's going on where are you at and a lot of it had to do with me testing for my license. How many how many times did I text you about that dumb test? Uh, I would say no more, no less than five, no more than twenty five times so in the good teens range between yeah. you and Nick. Phone yeah. calls, text messages. You know why that happened? 
because I put it on my calendar to text you the same time every single week. Hey, Siri, remind me next Tuesday at 3.30 to see if Jason <laughs> went and took his test. Swore my life that every, happened. And every week, nothing. And I Did you take the test? And he didn't have to even tell me. I wouldn't even text him back. Because guess what? When you do, nope. when you do something that big, you're proud and you want to tell everybody. Oh, yeah. Silence means wussy. Yeah. You didn't you didn't do it. Because if you did, you'd be like, oh, do you have your podcast set up? Yeah, but but you did, also did you ever do you have your podcast set up with Dylan yet? Do you have your cameras and your microphones and all that stuff? Crickets, crickets, yeah. crickets. I harass you. I'm a harasser in your life. And I'm like, not only do I have my podcast set up, come to my studio, mother trucker. Shoot. Shoot. And to you, where I got Dylan sending freaking social media stuff being like, yo, dude, we're ready for tunes. Dude, he's like, he's, society he's, he's peacocking in. right now. You know dude. what peacocking is? Where like the peacocks spread their feathers out. He's like, this room's too small or you'd be peacocking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right well, he was only like 50% open because he can't get out of this room. <laughs> <laughs> I take full responsibility for having too small of a room, by the way. That's uh, my fault. That's all right. This is perfect. I yeah. like it. So we go. So I, so. It was over a 12-month period, 13-month period, but about month nine is where I really start turning on still selling, but on the back end, getting ready to start my own company and open up everything. And there's a lot of back-end stuff, right? Licensing is one of the biggest things because you can't get your insurance, your EIN number, uh, your LLC stuff set up, um, website. You you can do like the business cards and the shirts and the cute uh, stuff. Dude, but I'm, like going, the, I'm going back to sell roofing. You're making this sound way too overwhelming. Yeah. It's not overwhelming as long as you have a plan and you're a little pansy. But my point is, my point is, is like, that's what people tell themselves. That's the story. Yeah. It's like, oh, it, like there's too many things that I don't know how to do because these were all things, true or false, you'd never done before. Ever. Yeah. I've never started a company. I never yeah. had to go test for, test to be a qualifying party for anything. Dang, you're my qualifying party. That's workers, workers comp. When I sold, you go as a sales rep at the other company, 1.8 mil. I never got a question about workers comp or how to buy it or when to do it or how to issue it or payroll. Like, so how did you figure you all get a of payroll this out? Company? You have like, you have a company that cuts the checks. You don't like manual right checks. Cool. I had no idea. How did you figure it all out? I asked a lot of questions. You just figured it out, right? People are like, they way overcomplicated. It's like, well, how do you do it? Well, I asked, Sally, a, lot of, I asked a lot of questions and then I go do, do it. it. I asked Dylan, all this podcast stuff happened because I was asking, I was blowing, blowing up Dylan. And he's like, bro, you got to give me more money and I'll tell you. Dang. Dylan. Yes, yes or no? 100, 110% accurate. He's like, well, he's like, he'll give me, he'll give me a little nibbles. He's like, I'll give you free, free knowledge here and there. And then I'm like, bro, like I'm all in. He's like, hey, sign here. I'm like, shit. And here we are. Your butt cheeks perk. But because I asked questions and then implemented and failed, I failed miserably on this. I was, oh, you remember that, uh, that one so I'm in the middle of 75 hard. Terrence and I are in the middle of, we're day 54 or five, something somewhere like there in the mid fifties. We're so deep. We're not, we don't even know how deep we yeah, are anymore. Your, your body's just, it's, it's all. That's when you know you're in a rhythm. Like in the beginning, you're like yeah. day four, day five. I ate a salad. I didn't eat a cheeseburger. Yeah. We're like sending each other picker, pic, pictures. We're like nothing but salad and protein. Bro, my water bottle's empty. Yeah. <laughs> I drink my gallon of water today. I, I did it. I did it. Do you see my book that I'm reading? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now it's just like, and then after like day fifty, you're just like, "This is what I do." Done, yeah, dude, you're doing it again. Dude, I can't just get too excited. Yeah. Let's get closer to you. This what is, happens. It's it, like knocking off. Like you, you, you like just get in a groove, and it's like this is just a part of me. Yeah, it's like a, it's like an organ in my body. It just pumps blood without yeah. having to think about it. Yeah, like throwing on a vest at night and going for a walk and get my second workout in doesn't even phase me. I literally did it last night. 
Yeah, like one thirty. We'll do we'll do a seventy five hard podcast oh, next because those, those are good. When we like, uh, we should do one right after we're done. Yeah, like what was different from the first time to the second time? Totally. Because this second time is so oh, much dude. different than the first time. Yeah, like compound interest. Yeah, of like the seventy five different level. Yeah, way different level. So I get my life. So finally, I go in, and it's two tests. One's for the business side. One's for the the trade side, the actual trade that you're trying to test for. Mm-hmm. So I did the trade test first because I was like, I know roofing. I did for eight and a half, nine and a half years now at this point. Like, of course I know roofing. I, I know everything, there. right? Passed a piece of cake. I do the business side. Well, I don't back up. I had no business. I had the business side of stuff. I was a rookie in it at best. I didn't have the nine and a half years of business experience of owning a business and running a business and this thing called the I and the R and the S, mm, all that crap. And then like- I hate those guys. The 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 tax, impuestos, impuestos. tax. There's taxes, like you have to pay, ta- wait, I get to go work this, but I only get this much back in return? Terrible. Like, it's a terrible exchange. What the crap? Yeah. So all that fun stuff. They're like your business partners you never get to meet. So I go over one of the biggest roller coasters in my life, biggest humps in my life, uh, being a little bitch, thinking too small, not taking massive action, not getting attention. And Terrence and Nick helped me get through that uh, with that pressure. That's what I love. I love that you brought pressure earlier. Pressure creates diamonds, right? And you did it. And I did it. Because I had to go, I think I test. I think I, f- I failed at least once mm. and I went like a mini depression, right? Like, dude, I was like, can I really do this? And I got to study again. But like, you know, who you, you know who you finally text back when you passed? You text me back. You, you, my wife and Nick were the finally, first people. Finally, you're like, back. I passed, right? That's when we knew it was for real. And then once I passed. Boom, yeah. Like rock, like rocket ship after that. I mean, it was in like 30 days, like boom, boom, gone. But, but I think it's important for people to understand is like, you have to keep, you had momentum that you kept going. You were, you like, you still had to pay your bills. And so sometimes people are like, oh, well, I need to go over here and just focus on this. It's like, no, no, you've got to learn to keep momentum everywhere in your life. Like you can't disappear from being a dad, being a person in your church, being a friend, a brother, somebody people can count on. Totally. Like you got to like learning to keep momentum everywhere. You can't just disappear, curl up and cry and die because you got this extra thing to do all of a sudden. And I was, and when I left, I was making six figures when I was working for my, the first company I was at and leaving from there, you still have that standard of living to go through, but Mm. now you got to buy a business and start a business, which takes a crap ton of money. So I actually did a substantial amount on the side cash. Yeah. Trying to, trying to bootstrap that and get it going and get it cruising. And so I, I, I got all that going. I mean, I already had a dump trailer. Um, I was using, uh, I was, using, I had a personal truck and going back and forth. I, I, my wife was like nine months pregnant. So within, within 30 days, I left my job, started my business, had a baby and moved So your wife's always nine months pregnant, by the way, bro, you do a great job at that. My dad always says I'm, I'm one call and nine months away from being a grandpa. Yes, exactly. You excel. That is, that yeah. is Peak performance. We'll have another podcast on how to make babies, how to be successful at <laughs> doing it. We'll say that for another day because that's a whole whole other segment there. So, but um, so yeah, so I started my company in August of 2019 from scratch, no investors. But you almost took some investors that I think would have oh, been a good story. Would have been one of the biggest mistakes because you almost ended up having to do the same amount of work. For a little tiny sliver. For 5% of the company. Ooh. I almost went in with my the previous production manager, previous production manager of the company, and one of my buddies who I'm still buddies with, uh, Lou Jarvis, and was going to go in with him. 
And, uh, but I didn't have the money. So I wasn't the money guy. I was mm. the qualifying party guy and but, I was the sales and marketing. But guy. I think too, like, the, again, this is a good little nugget. People think like, oh, I got to have a ton of money to start a company. No, you got to be resourceful. Sometimes when you don't, just cause you don't have resources doesn't mean you can't figure out how to be resourceful. And I think at that point, like, and by the way, some of this was happening behind the scenes. We didn't even know about it for, right. for a little while. Yep. It kind of started popping out and we're like, dude, like there's no reason for any of that to happen. You don't need anybody. Right. You already are creating everything and selling everything on your own. Like you have the money. You just I was need generating to the revenue without the investor. Yeah, You just need to go generate some right. of it. But that's the, that's the crap that you're told about starting a right. business is like, dude, go find a bunch of people and give a bunch of it away. And by the way, I know that because two previous <laughs> businesses I was in that happened. Yep. And then the third business that I ended up buying for a couple million bucks uh, because of COVID all of a sudden three weeks after I bought it was worth nothing. Right. Yep. Uh, but you almost made the mistake where you would have this big brand and all these trucks and this, these cool sweaters and you would own like a pocket on the shirt is all you would, yeah. all the value you'd have. Uh, Absolutely. because people think like, Oh, just go find somebody, go find the guy who's rich that drives the, the car. The guy with the money makes all the decisions. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. Doesn't matter. So, so, cause, so that was my thing is like, okay, well, he's the money guy. And then I realized, and, uh, ironically to not go too deep into it, I actually scored a 30 minute Skype with Grant Cardone the day before I was supposed to go sign that contract to go into business with him. And Grant's like, okay, can you get crews? Yeah. So what do you need? Why do you need your production guy? He's like, you know, how to schedule him. He's like, you just did that for five years. Right. He's like, yeah. He's like, so why do you need that guy? And I'm like, I don't. I was like, cause I don't want to do it. He's like, so hire somebody else to do it and don't give him a one. Don't give him any percent of the company. Yeah. Okay. He's like, what about this other guy? He's like, this guy's going to bring the money, bring in about 300 K so we can get started. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, so who does all your marketing? Me. Who does all your sales? Me. Who do, brings all your leads in? Me. He's like, are you done saying me? So how come the other guys get, get one? Oh, it was 30 minutes. And he's literally eating a salad. Some dude brings him a salad, has a big octopus on his wall behind him, sitting at his desk, talking to me. He's like, just pounding a salad. Dude, the he's 10X octopus is sexy. Oh, dude, it's dirty. It's on the back, his back wall in his office. It's freaking amazing. So he, uh, so he said, he's like, well, you said me like eight times. You said this other money guy wants and this other guy wants, but yet you are going to get the five or 10%, not the 80%. Mm. He's like, you're an idiot. Straight up. Almost you were. He saved you from that. Totally saved me. Millions. Uh, yeah. Plural. Yeah. Crazy. So I leave, start my own thing, do my own thing. And uh, I actually was already, like I said, doing the startup costs. I had to actually give Lou about like five grand to get all my other stuff back. Cause like I had, I, he had, he had bought some like the bond and insurance work. And mm. so actually I had to give him some money to be like, Hey, you want nothing on here. I had to get an attorney to sign something real quick. He was super cool about it. But like, I was already, that's how deep I in, mm. in I was about it. But like I had bought a dump trailer on my own cash, like 10 grand and uh, had the truck going, had a couple crews going. And you get your workman's comp. Oh, and what, gosh. and what question do they ask you when you get your workman's comp? Uh, so August 1st, 2019. Dylan doesn't know the story, so he's like googly eyes over here. Dude, you're so lucky you're here today, Dylan. You are getting a Harvard education and whooping ass in business right yeah. now. Dude, this is this is uh, how Jason became JVP one hundred and one. So I, uh, they said, so how much projected revenue are you expecting over the next from August first until the end of the year? 
And I said, I think I said about three hundred, maybe three hundred fifty thousand dollars. I was like, that's like seventy five k a month. Which you were stoked to say, right? Because you just were getting going, dude. So you start your business from scratch on August first for with zero, and you do three hundred fifty thousand dollars under a new name, under a new name, mm-hmm. same beard, new name, same beard, new name, with mm-hmm. no no investors, no helper, no external money, no nothing, and so I told him, I was like, I don't know, three three hundred fifty k. I was like, that would be good. Excellent. I didn't do that my first year in business. Cool. And you're talking, so August, September, October, November, December. Yeah, five months. We did a million. You probably thought you left yourself a little bit of a buffer too, if you're just yeah. being like real. I was like, yeah, I was like, no, probably 300. So let's, <laughs> let's be conservative and say 10%. Let's say, you know, 15%. Let's say 350. Okay, yeah. cool. We do a million dollars. Boom. A million dollars in the first five months from, from scratch, from zero. Which was really cool. And uh, you were super excited until da, 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 da. workers comp audit comes in. They're like, hey, uh, you did a million dollars and you only projected 350. So you're basically a third of what you owe us. So we need $40,000 in two weeks from and, Tuesday. And which, by the way, for you guys, when you're starting a business, you're pulling what you need for like your bare bones necessity and you're rolling every last wood nickel you can find into growing the business. So you generate this revenue, you're putting it in to grow the business, Think not realizing I need $40,000 in an account because this audit's going to happen. Obviously, you yeah. had no freaking clue. What's an audit? Yeah, you're like, audit. Is that the IRS audit. guys? No, is this, like, is, this is separate. This is Workman's Is comp. that like audible, but with like one headphone? Like yeah. it's audit? Like you, you don't get the whole bowl? Like, yeah, it's like, it's like missing. I had no idea. But that happens. And because so, you weren't holding anything back. A little backstory of that. I had to... I promised my wife that I would not jeopardize our standard of living because I'm more, I'm more, I'm in, I'm in, I'm married and three, four kids in deep, deep. So, and be- <laughs> poor Dylan, he has no uh, idea what he's signed up he's for. Like, today. Crap are these guys? He's, he's like, like these guys are the biggest I'm gonna bunch gonna of idiots. Take my camera and get we're, out of here. We already knew that. My wife is going to watch this too, so she'll probably laugh. But I, I, she promised. She said, make, promise me that we will not." Because you heard the rice and beans story, right? Yeah. Oh, it's like I was on a mattress in a one bedroom, a studio, blah blah. No, I was married, three or four kids, mortgage. Uh, two car payments, like, and you had already been making six figures, and so, I was making a buck thirty five ish. Yeah, and I do. By the way, money doesn't scare me. Like, I'll give, I'll show you what my bank account says right now. A year ago, ten years ago, what's going to show in ten years? Like, it doesn't number. There, it's just a number. You can create Who it. Who cares? Yeah, and you can go get it. Yes, on your own. Yes, it doesn't matter. Like, it's it, you control what's in that bank account. One hundred percent on you. Make that very clear. So, my wife said, "You will not compromise if you're going to start this. Do not." Do not jeopardize our quality of living. Um, don't, just don't go, don't dip. Mm-hmm. Because 90% of the time we start your business, like you have nothing. And so you go, whoop, as you go. I wasn't able to do that. So I had to work like 10 acts hard. I had to like work twice as hard to not have that dip, mm-hmm. to still maintain the truck payment, the mortgages, the standard of living, the all that stuff, and still start a company. Yeah, because you wanted the kisses to keep coming too. Oh, but... I know I owe $40,000. Mm, that's nothing, man. You got that. That's only a third of your income that you were making before. And if you ever owned a business pop. and started a business, you are basically paycheck to paycheck for a, a substantial amount of time. Oh, you're like one wrong breath away from going out of business. Yeah. 
Like somebody even like threatens to sue you, like you're done. Yeah. Yeah. They like flick a toothpick your way and you're yeah. like, I'm out, bro. I'm you're like, out. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, don't, I'm sorry. Just don't send Would me that. Would you like fries lawyer. with that? That's my new job. Yes. Jumbo size or. So I, I don't even, I still can't tell you to this day how it happened, but we came up with the money. We made it happen. We paid it off. Cause that's, done. that's what you do. This is, this is like, this is such a good principle in business. Uh, one that I've always lived by is like, there's always a way if you keep looking, yeah. like there's always a solution just because again, you don't have the resources doesn't mean you can't be resourceful. And so right. many people, they think like, Oh, I I'm done. I can't like, I have a buddy who, uh, basically took my same business model. I taught him. He went and started his own business. Cool. Right. The problem was, is it only worked under a certain set of conditions. So when those conditions changed, he had no idea how to evolve and he went bankrupt. Sure. And, and our company's thriving. And yeah. he's trying to figure out how to sell some loans. So the the reason why my COO, Dory, and uh, another gal that works for us going on two years now, her name is Shannon, uh, both of them said, I'm going to ride with Jason for forever into the sunset. And they said, why? Like, his failure is not an option. Mm. One of my biggest quotes, biggest sayings ever, failure is not an option. So we go through like, okay, you need to come up with 40K. You have option A, B, C, D, closing your doors, going bankrupt, not paying it, whatever. Those are those don't even come to my brain. That's not an option. Failing is not an option. Get punched in the throat and get knocked on your ass and get black out for a minute. Cool. That's for sure an option. And that's happened already. Yeah. You'll get, you'll get knocked out, but guess what? Everybody that's knocked out, they either die and go to in a casket or they get back up. Mm. Even if you get knocked out in a fight, you still get back up. You still, you might not know where the hell you are and what's going on. You might see little birdies and stars, but even if that hard of a punch, you get knocked out, you will still get back up. Mm. And that's how I am. No matter how big the punch is, failure is not an option. Well, and, and you, so you're, you're like trying to figure all these things out in business that you've never had to do before. You've right. never had any formal training in, <laughs> uh, what's training like, uh, you, you don't, I don't, now you know this, but you, you didn't know this at the time. Like you're a master marketer, but you never took any formal marketing. I, what you've been great at, I think, is you pay attention to, like we always say, get attention, get attention, get attention. Right. So like, I think that's the thing that you've hung your hat on is like, I will do anything that gets attention. I'm not sure what's going to happen after I get the attention, but I'm just going right. to keep getting attention. Yeah, whatever I'm doing to generate $1.8 million of self-generated leads, I'm going to keep doing that. Yeah, That's why it was so hard for me to leave to start my own company. And what I was scared, right, with that story that we told is because I was so scared to leave because I had that comfort zone of I know how to sell and I can make decent money while selling. Uh, if I wait a couple more months to start my own company, I'll be okay. Mm. Right, But because I go back to my comfort zone. And then so my comfort zone was the previous be. company, right? And then I jump. Yes. Then, then you create, you naturally, the natural human in your body is going to create an, a, 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 a comfort zone around you. And, and that goes back to what I said before. Like, you, like there will always be a reason not to do it. Because right. you'll, you'll always find a reason to, to, you know, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where you're like, no, in two months, two more months. And then right. two months happens. Yep. And then you're like, oh, no, 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 just two more months. And then you're always two months away, getting started, getting started, yeah. getting started. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to start 75 hard in uh, two weeks. Yeah. And nobody ever does it. Yeah. They just yeah. sit around. They talk and they talk and they talk and yeah. nothing, nothing like, ever happens. You, ever, you come up with an idea. My, one of my biggest takeaways that I've gotten from Terrence and, and Nick 
um, and doing this this trio here, the Three Musketeers, has been when you have an idea, like you pounce, like you act immediately. Like your Minnesota Society was not even a thing forty five days ago at all, zero from like not even thought of. Matter of fact, you were there when it was when that idea happened. Yeah. San Diego, right? Yeah. yeah. San, San Diego. So we're sitting around. Remember, we're sitting around. We had bre- we were having breakfast. So middle of January, January, like 18, 19, 20, somewhere in there. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. We're sitting around. Beautiful fire pit in the middle. Weather's awesome. We are missing our wives drastically. I'll say mm-hmm. that, ladies. Not that they would actually listen to this, but in case <laughs> they do, we want them to know they were missed. Sure. And then uh, we're like stoked because we're not having to wear masks. Yeah. We wouldn't have worn them anyways. Honestly, right, right. we're crazy. But uh, they have this uh, buffet that you can get. Remember the buffet? Yep. Oh, yeah. And it sounded awesome until you have to wear a mask to go inside. Yeah. And I said, nah, I'll take a plate of freedom. Uh, we're going to order off the regular menu. Kind so of a menu of not stupidity. Yeah. And then our one of our uh, good buddies, James Engel, he looks at me. He's like, man, you're a freaking menace. And at that moment... I've never heard a word for real. It's like I've never connected more with the word that described and validated who it is that I am. Right. That's why this is called menace to society. You're a freaking menace to society for sure. A menace to society. Right. It's like you go against the grain. You've been called crazy. You don't fit in even within your family. And that doesn't mean that like you show up to family gatherings and you're a freaking weirdo. It just means like, you just can't have the same kind of conversations with those people. They can't relate to what you're going through. They don't know what it's like to have a $50,000 weekly payroll. They don't know what it's like to to go, you know, write your name on another truck when you don't even have a rep to put in the truck. Like they, don't, they don't even understand that stuff. No. They don't get it. Can't even comprehend it. That's being a menace to society. Like not conforming just because somebody says, well, this is the way that we do it, and this is the way we're obedient, and this is the way it's always been done. It's like, no, no, I'm I'm a free thinker. Like, I am, uh, first of all, I'm a respectful person, but right. I'll look you dead in your eye socket and call you an idiot at the same time and, right. and give you a hug, right, and mean all of it. So so to wrap this up, Mr. Terrence, I, I call him my favorite asshole. Mm. And that's kind of weird. But yeah. the reason why I call him is because everybody needs an asshole in their life. And the reason why I say that, and the reason I say asshole is because Terrence will tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Ooh. And a true friend, the Nikki T and Terrence's of the world in my life, those are true friends. And the reason why is because they are not scared to tell me what I need to do and to stop being a little bitch and to stop doing this and this and this. And we, well, all three of us have changed our lives literally within the past few, three to five years, even sooner, mm-hmm. strictly by calling each other out. And it's never out of spite. It's never to depreciate your character. Mm-hmm. And that's a cool part about all these, all these, all these episodes that we're going to be ro- rapping with. And you're going to be hearing from Terrence and other, other guests on your show is going to be other menaces. Like when we talk about this kind of stuff, none of it is to diminish your character or be condescending or manipulative or negative or toxic. Mm-hmm. It's literally the other way around, but society makes you think that he's mean, mm-hmm. right? Hey, why aren't you at the meeting? Why aren't you at the meeting? Why aren't you at the meeting? Did you take your test? Did you take your test. No, I didn't take my test yet. Go take your test. Go take your test. Dudes, leave me alone. Go take your test. Go take your test. You're obnoxious. Go take your test. Boom. Take my test. Change my life. Dude, I think in the last 12 months, 
I've spent more of your money on personal development than you have. And what I mean yeah. by that is, uh, you're ultimate, you're the one who spent it, right? I, sure. only, I only mean in the sense that I, I pushed you into, I think, some uncomfortable positions. And oh, when gosh. I say push, I, I mean that. Like, ultimately, you pulled the trigger. Right. But you allowed yourself to get uncomfortable, and it was something I had been through. Right. And uh, it was like you did the the 10X 360. Mm-hmm. That was 40K, yep. right? And then when uh, you're at the three, you're at the business boot camp. Then I, I, call, University. I call the guys up there and I'm like, dude, you need to find this fool. And you had taken a picture of yourself and I'm, t- I'm texting the picture <laughs> to him. I'm like, this is where he is. This is his location in the conference center. Sinking. I was like heat mapping you out. Like, get him, get him, go find him. His team needs to be on, on, uh, you know, Cardone university and all that stuff. Right. Yep. And he's saying he's so he's sick, sick. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I told him. Like, you say Ashley after me. I did. For 10X 360. I do. Like, this dude needs needs help on how to scale and how to go up, not go. Uh, and those weren't small monetary oh. commitments at all. Like, at all. 40 grand, one pop. And then uh, what do you pay a month for the Cardone? Two grand. Yeah, so you're two grand, 24,000 on a three-year contract. So you're $72,000 or something, 84,000, whatever the math yeah. is, 72,000. 70, 75K a year. Yeah. So it's actually more because I had more people. That was only for 10 users. I'm at 14 or 15 users And every users time now. you grow, Grant dings you a little harder. He goes, you. sweep. Yeah. Love he, you. He, he, bang, sweep. He, he bangs that. Love you. Sweep. It's like, he haunts me in my dreams. Yeah. So, so knowing all of that, like I, to your credit, you've kept pushing yourself into places that made you uncomfortable. And right. I think you've learned to recognize like, when I'm uncomfortable, we have the saying in our group, right? Throw your wallet over the fence. You want to tell totally. tell the listeners what that means? So throwing your wallet over the fence means you don't know how you're going to pay for it. You don't uh, necessarily know the results you're going to get from it. And a lot of the times those results will not be immediate results. But you know that by investing in X, it's going to take, it's going to push you and your company to the next level, whatever that level may be. Right, whether you're netting a million dollars a month or a hundred thousand dollars a month or ten thousand dollars a month, throwing your wallet over the fence on something that you can invest in to help yourself become better. Me with Dylan. Mm. Right? Dylan, mm-hmm. I was doing half of what I am with Dylan. I'm doing all in with Dylan. And literally within two weeks, three weeks, I'm able to actually host someone on a podcast. And we're using Dylan like a fine wine right now, aren't we? Right. We're, Talk about the we're plugs. sucking value out of Dylan. Dylan. Let's give Dylan a quick plug. Dylan, what's your what's your Instagram handle? Dylan H. Burns. Dylan H. Burns. Yeah, not to be confused with Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. He's way better looking. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have the gut. Yeah. He's got he's got a six pack. Don't let him show your stomach. You'll yeah. you'll be so envious. Yeah. Just I'm, like, go, I'm like four dude. more seventy five yards away from that. <laughs> <laughs> so throwing your wallet over the fence to wrap up. So throwing your wallet over the fence is one of the biggest things that I did. So 10x 360, Cardo University. There's a lot of things dealing with. I'm like, dude, I don't know how I'm gonna pay for this thing, but I'm like, I know with how valuable he is and what he's gonna do, he's gonna add more value to my company. More mm. value means more leads, more deals, and more revenue to be able to pay for it but everything around you in society says, don't do it. Especially when you did 7 million last year, because you could just, you could trim things up, cut things out, reduce marketing because you've got good flow and then just start cashing fat checks. Because people think like, first of all, this is where we keep it real, right? Sure. 7 million in revenue, people think like, 
oh, like he's, that's good. He's stopped growing. He's, you know, he's going to get rich now. Uh, the, the opposite. Listen, somebody who's winning wants to win more. Like that's, that's what a winner does. And yeah. so even at 7 million, you're still in the stage where I keep seeing more of these trucks pop up and those trucks cost money. We yeah. see this, this handsome the rap, double. The wrap trucks. Here. The reason why you see them because they're wrapped. Yeah. Right? You look at Dylan's truck outside. He ain't got no wrap. No. My wrap outside costs 3300 bucks times 10. You might know how to so wrap, So that's ridiculous. I spent $30,000 in two years on truck wraps. Yeah. And part of this podcast, you realize with, this is not, bra- when we talk about money, it's not for bragging. It's straight up just like, this is what it takes to do business and to go to the next level. So when you're like, I don't have that. Well, don't be a little bitch and get that money and work your ass off to get to that level. Yeah. Right. Dylan's 50 K a year. Cool. Guess what? That dude is gonna make me a shit ton of money. And he already has already. Yeah. But dude, look what's happened. Okay. This, this, I think the origin of you being willing to invest big goes back to when you pulled the trigger on car, the 360, Mm -hmm. because since the 360, you, you invested in Cardone university seven to the tune of 75 K. Yep. Okay. Yeah, you'd never before invested that much in a single thing, right? Ever. Yeah, ever. And so, but now you're rolling, which is which coincidentally enough, it's it's you know, it's raising what's happening in your company. Like you're finding a way to pay for it. Isn't that what's crazy? Yes. It's like the money is being created to fulfill on the commitments that you're making. And you're doing things, what you're doing is you're you're throwing your wallet over the fence to pull yourself to the other side. Like that's why we say throw your wallet over the fence because you'll hop the fence to go get the wallet. I wish I could remember that that story. Oh, it's do you so remember good. The, do you remember that? No, you need to get James P on this podcast. Oh, I have to tell you a story. Yeah, it's that's a good story. It's like four generations of stories. Like you went from James P to Nick to you to me. Yeah, and I've told it to uh, all kinds of people. I, it's a uh, but yeah, throw, like doing that. So there's that level though because you're like, okay, I'm here with revenue and what I'm making. And then you know there's that next thing that you can and need to invest in. Yeah. Because the stuff down here, you're already doing this stuff. You yes. already have that, yes. right? Whether it's like nicer internet, better phones, maybe it's a couple trucks or or two car payments instead of one, whatever that may be. Then you hit that line. Yeah. And that line's always moving because you increase as long as you don't be a little bitch and you keep upping your game, you're gonna keep making more money. But or Jason, your company's gonna be doing more. When are you gonna be satisfied? Uh I'll be satisfied when I'm dead. Yes. But Jason, you're already doing so well. Why do you have to do more? The funny part is, I don't care how much money anybody in this room is making or anybody listening to this podcast, you are one one decision, one accident, one something from being bankrupt. Yes. And you know what? When you stop doing things that create momentum, you're either growing or dying. Like there's no, like people think like a, like a tomato, right? It doesn't get ripe on the vine and then just stay ripe and let you pick it whenever it wants. Nope. It'll go rotten eventually. Right. And so uh, you got Dylan here. You just uh, laid down some fat cash to join this super elite networking thing. Yep. And so I, I wanted to point this stuff out because as you, like, it's important for the listeners to understand, like you've got to do things that continue to create momentum and stretch you and push you yep. because you, you have this habit now you've built that says, I need to keep investing in things that will take my company to the next level. I just invested with Nick to write a book. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whew. And by the way, notice how he says investments. These are not expenses, people. <laughs> They're expenses when you stop doing the work. They're investments because they create and pay for themselves way above what they cost. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's all about the mental mindset too. 
Right. That's why you got to get around like-minded people and the the Ed Milets, the Andy Fursellas, the Sean Whalens, the Grant Cardones, and get around those type of people and turn off your damn radio and turn off your fucking TV. Yes. I went to two days. No, that's pretty good. So literally yesterday, I'm on. The, I'm listening at 9, 10 a.m. I get my little sports fix every once in a while, but 90% of the time I don't listen to any radio um, or or watch any news. And they're talking about it, how these these guys and they want big money, Aaron Rodgers and the hiring and all that stuff and want to get big money. And one of the dudes on the radio said, he's like, oh yeah, but it's like, if you got three mil. He's like, you can retire at three mil and you're totally fine. And I'm like, but I was like three million. I was like, well, it depends on how much you make, but if you make a hundred grand a year, that gets you 30 years apart from uh, not including inflation and everything else. Yeah. So I was like, well, that's one, that's dumb. Number two, he's like, but you can't do the private jets and the vacation. He said that on, 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 T, on, on radio. He's like, but he's like, yeah, you, he's like a 3 million. He's like, if you were to retire, you know, and not, and not keep going like the, like the Tom Brady's and the Aaron Rodgers to keep going. They want more money and to keep going. They want that lifestyle. Yeah. That's the thing. When you settle with that 3 million, you have to settle at your income and at what you can do and the experiences and the what you can the the impact you can make on society, mm-hmm. right? The people that you can serve, the trips and the memories you can create with your family, the trips you can go on, right? That kind of stuff. And you can't do that with a set income. That's why you're I'm always grinded to do more because I want to create those relationships. Like to be honest, the whole mass thing, because I got I, I gotta finish up on this. The mask thing, the only time I have to wear a mask is and, this, and I take full responsibility for this is on an airplane. Mm. Why? Because I'm a pussy and I can't mm-hmm. generate the revenue enough to plane. fly private. Yeah. Because I think Sean Whalen, I have no idea what a, a private plane costs, but Sean Whalen said like 20 or 30 K yeah. to fly private. I don't have that. Right. Right. Yeah. I might do it once for fun, but like to be able to do that, like going to growth con. Yeah. And you like, that's the only other than that, but like the crazy part is, and that's the only reason why it's because we don't have a plane. But other than that, like I'll go to the grocery store on my own. Yeah. I'll cook my own food. I won't go into, I won't go to this restaurant or the store. If they're going to make me and they're going to mandate that kind of crap. Yes. Right. So that's where like, and I always thought about that. Like, well, the only place where I'm a hypocrite and I will, I'm very raw with this is on an airplane because I need to get from here to Miami and I'm not going to drive 40 hours. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to drive three days to Miami. So I'll slap that stupid thing on for five hours. You can, and then, you can hold on to my waist on the Harley. We should do that and yeah, document it. And we'll bring Dylan on the little sidecar yeah, can, and do a podcast as we're doing dude, it. We'll give him like a pink unicorn helmet. So yeah, it dude. looks really awesome. Be like, oh, it's our kid. Be like, that's a really big kid. <laughs> He's a $50,000 a year kid. Hey, so let, let's, uh, I know we got places to be, people to see. Yes, sir. You know, coconuts to shake down. So one last thought, two, two thoughts as we leave. One, leave, leave somebody new that has either... They're they're in the JVP stage where they're too scared to do their own thing and they need to make the leap or like the uh, voicemail you shared the other day, the guy who's maybe just started and he's feeling lonely, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. He made the leap. And he made the leap, but he's still lonely. You could hear some doubt in there. All the things that are, by the way, totally normal. Oh, happens happens to everybody. Completely. Everybody said that, oh, I've never had that. You're 100% full of crap. Yeah. And you lie about other things too, Michael. Right. So what, what one piece of advice would you give that guy or girl right now? So the ones that are getting ready to jump, Mm -hmm. if you want to talk to somebody, talk to somebody that's jumped. Yeah. If you're going to jump, if you're going to jump out of an airplane, don't talk to somebody that's like works there, but never jumped out of an airplane. Go talk to somebody that's jumped. 500 times, Most a likely times. not your mommy or your daddy or your best friend. Uh, do not talk to anybody that you can do a DNA test and you're related to. Yeah. 
Anybody you I don't care how wealthy they are. Yeah. No friend, no cousins, no family. Zero family. Take the family factor out of it. What's well, so I talked to my uncle. Dude, screw your uncle. No offense. Why do you say that? Because they're they're not in your best interest. They're trying they're they, there's that natural like but wait, they're the people protection. that know you the best. But they want you to stay in your comfort zone. Yeah. They got too many emotions. Or they were like they're like Dave Ramsey fans and wear like twenty dollar jeans from Walmart because they wanna stay out of debt. Yeah. And I'm like, and you've been making the same amount of money for 30 years. Yeah, exactly. And you can't fly on a private jet and go do crazy ass shit because you don't want to do what it takes. Facts. So that's number one. So jump, jump ship. Find someone that started their own company and go follow them. That's why this, my buddy of mine reached out to me because he started his own company somewhat about the same time as mine, maybe a little bit after. Mm-hmm. Not much, but he's seen what I've been able to do. And he, you can just tell he's like, he's begging for someone to coach him. Mm-hmm. He's begging for someone to help him. So when you get into there, when, by the way, when you start your own company and you start your own business, nobody thinks you're cool. Yeah. Nobody, people don't flock to you and think you're the shit. And, and by the way, be prepared for that. Be prepared for people not to believe you. It's not their job to believe you. 95% of people around you are, are looking or watching you. They want to see you fail. fail. Yeah. They're waiting for you to fail. They're literally like, okay, I'm taking a Snapchat right when he boop fails. It's not like that's why on YouTube, the best, the videos that get the most views, the guy that like falls on his face and he broke his nose. Everyone's just laughing at the poor dude. Yeah. Show, take, take this podcast, put it on, put it on YouTube of a successful guy that went from 1250 an hour and worked his way up, started his own company at $7 million in two years. I will get one one thousandth of the views as a dude falling out of his face because he tripped over a soda pop can. Yes. Because it's not funny. It's not cool. It's not flashy. And unless you are in that right mindset of like wanting to kill it in life, you're not going to get the, the the publicity and the recognition. You're just not. So what about now for the guy that made the leap? So the guy, but that, by, by the way, the guy that made the leap, thoughts in his head are like, did I do the right thing? You There's know, zero confidence in, his, in, are, in the voicemail. Are the people that are telling me I'm crazy, are they right? His biggest thing was, who do you talk to? What yeah. group are you in? Yeah. Who do you go to when you're struggling? Who do you talk to when you're having problems and you got growth issues and this and that? He didn't give any specific details. I'm going to meet with him uh, next week and I'm going to lay it out for him. I'm like, dude, like you got to find people that are like-minded like you and mm-hmm. then you create and then those people will start to see you grow. The fact that you're struggling doesn't scare me. I love that you're struggling because you're trying. Mm-hmm. That's that I will help that person all day. Probably not for free. Yeah. But I'll help that person grow and go up because they're trying. The ones that are sitting on their couch and eating potatoes and taking checks from the government, like F you, I'm not gonna help you at all. Like by, I, I, by the way, the easiest way to find people is how? Pay to play, bro. Dude. Like get your wallet out and go it's pay for some a- make dude. How do we turn uh, Dylan, please, please uh do the before and after of the studio. What he did do it. Yeah. So I, I didn't go all in with Dylan in the beginning. What, 30 days ago? And both of these guys, believe it or not, tell me if I'm wrong. You said, like, dude, like, you paid how much for this, dude? Like, that's ridiculous. I'm going to hire somebody. Fire Dylan. That's what I said, Dylan, just so you know. Dead serious. He said, fire Dylan. He's like, dude, it's way too much money. It's not worth it. He's like, I'm going to hire my own guy and pay him 40K a year in-house and do X and Y and Z. And I did. And did. Started yesterday. Nice. Editing my book right now. Dirty. Love it. So with my, with my thing is I was, I, anyways, so the whole Dylan thing, I'm like, dude, so because I wasn't as committed to him, he wasn't as committed to me. 
So I said, well, hey, I want to do this and this and this and this. He's like, that requires more commitment from me. I'm like, sweet, let's do it. He's like, well, my commitment requires money. Yes. Because it's my time. And I was like, so if I give you more, if I commit more to you monetarily, you're going to commit to me. He's proven himself. So I don't have to like see if he's going to be the shit and he's going to do his thing. I've seen enough of his. I mean, look at this room. I mean, come on, people. And you should see the before. Like right now you need to do it before. And it's freaking embarrassing and gross. And there's like trash, not like nasty trash, but like boxes and cardboard and and plastic and stuff. And none of this black stuff was here. Your wife's weave was on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. just, Just nasty. Yeah. Crazy and so idea. we came and so he came in and flipped us up, but because I committed to him and went all in and threw my wallet over the fence with him with one that I text, I called him at nine o'clock at night when I was folding laundry, doing Marco Polo's with you guys. And I said, yo, Dylan, are you awake? Two nights ago. So 48 hours ago, this thing was a total shit show. And I said, Hey, I have one of my best friends wants to do a podcast, not on my podcast, but on his podcast, he's going to launch it first one. And he wants to come to my studio. And I was like, bro, I need your help. I only had one mic set up with my computer. Hey, I'm seeing two of them here right now. And a $100 little camera, right? I had no idea he was going to do any of this. He's like, bro, I got you. He said, but he's like, hey, you got to commit. And it wasn't even to him financially. He's like, hey, here's the the equipment you got to buy. I'll have you ready to rock and roll. I gave him the key to my office. And he's like, I'll be there on Friday morning. I'll be ready for you at 3.30. Dude, people need good friends like you. You know what? You know how you find good friends like JVP? You quit hanging out with the loser ones. Because the only way you can find the good ones is if you let go of the bad ones. You need to, like one night, you need to go through your phone and just delete numbers. Dude, people would be shocked when they see how many people I block. Block? You need to just like go through your phone and block people. Like this dude doesn't help me. This dude doesn't. so So the last piece of advice you give someone, get around right people, right? Yes. Get around like-minded people. Here's the thing. You have don't to be afraid to pay for it. Yes. And you, but you will have to pay for it to be in that group. And by the way, if you, if you want the, the thing I just got out of it is you want somebody to commit to you. You got to show some commitment because if you want to invest in you, right. how do you ever expect somebody else to? Right. What if, you, what you if you and Nikki T are doing these Marco Polos and I'm just sitting there listening, 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 and I don't give any feedback back and I don't give add any, any value, value back. Yeah. Guess what? Bro, I'm going to get kicked off that Marco Polo. Yeah, facts. You're going to do a side one, and I'm not going to be in on those, mm. right? We have people in that room five years ago, people in that room, half those people I've never talked to since. Yeah. Literally, I don't, even, I don't know their phone number. I never talked to them. I don't follow them on social media. I have no idea who they are. A couple of them have kind of come. We don't remember your name. Come A couple of them have come in and committed and then gone back. So there's yeah. kind of a, a little bit of commitment. So we they get a little bit of our time. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, but but they're also like it's it's kind of a weird dynamic because they're like I don't understand they don't, it's like they malfunction that because we've we've kept growing they don't understand why they can't have the same access that they had several years ago and it's like right. bro I I ain't in the same place yeah I don't have time to waste you're you're acting like time's not running out on you like you're right. not getting older like right. you're not gonna die one day I figured it out that this thing called time is precious and I ain't about yep. to waste any of it, yep. especially on you. Yeah. So th- that's, a, that's the biggest thing. Like I said, is stop, stop thinking small, mm. stop thinking small, throw your wallet, wallet over the fence. My three takeaways, stop thinking small, stop listening to small, stop mm. putting shit into your brain. That's small. Mm. Go big. Um, get around like-minded people pay to be in those groups, to be in those, in those areas, to get in those spheres. Right. And number three is throw your wallet over the fence. Get a fat audible account too. 
Dude. I never met a rich dude with a little Audible account. Nope. Right? 50, a book a week. Ooh. Six conferences a year. Yes. Grant yes. Cardone, he said that 500 times. As I said that, I said, I want to be a millionaire. He's like, okay. Not to him, but he's on his podcast and YouTube videos and stuff. He's like, the average millionaire. Average. I was like, I don't even want to be an average millionaire. I want to be a badass millionaire. Mm. So like, let's just start with an average millionaire, which people can only dream of. Talk to me. Average millionaire reads 52 books a year, 50 books a year, a book a week, and goes to six conferences. We just talk about pay to play, pay to play, mm. right? So pay to play, audible, listen to your... Now, by the way, this is not physical people. Yes. Right? I only see Terrence once every month, once every two months, once every three months. Yeah. It's not a daily or weekly occurrence, mm-hmm. um, or, but go to growth cons, go to those type of conferences. Guess what? You're getting around those people. You're paying to play to get into those groups. And so by doing those, then you find other, other buddies in there. You network with those people because those people are paying to play. So you get around them. And your quality of conversations are way better when you spend money. Bro, I love you. I got to go. We're not even going to get into the conversation about, yes. let's do another one of these, by the way. All right. Uh, the growth con, the growth con story. That, that, dude, that's its own podcast. So right. uh, one, one last question. What yes. does being a menace to society mean to you? Being a menace to society to me means whatever the radio and online and the TV tells you to do, do the exact opposite. Mm, that's good. So when it says, here's how to save money and get better miles per gallon on your Toyota Corolla, make sure the tires are aired up. Make sure that the tread is good. Make sure that you all that stuff. Go buy a big ass truck that gets eight miles to the gallon <laughs> and pay that and pay that gas bill and work your ass off to pay that gas bill to where you don't even have to think about gas bill. I can't tell you the last time I thought about putting gas. I did back in the day. Mm. About oh man, I gotta fill up my fill up my toy. I owned a Toyota Corolla. Don't hate me. Don't I'm gonna get shunned off this podcast. Don't like I owned a Toyota Corolla at one point in time because my dad told me not to buy a truck because it got bad gas mileage and it would cost mm. more money for bad, insurance bad payment. Bad data. Mm-hmm. Bad data. Do not get bad data. Bad data is the radio, online, and the news. Okay, final thing is you got a book coming out. <laughs> Do I ever? Sexy Roof Status book. Yes, sir. How can people get a free copy of it? Go to sexyroofstatusbook.com. Now, listen, it's free. It's free, the right? Da- for the, now. For now, because he's releasing it. The danger, though, with it being free is that when you get this free book, there will be $7 million worth of advice in it, and you won't take it seriously because it didn't cost you $7 million. So yep. don't be a dum-dum. Go get the book. Realize that some of the stuff that we talked about today will flip and change your life. I, I love the saying that says, hey, you want to keep a secret? Write it down in a book because people don't read anymore. Mm-hmm. That's what you've done. You have Bingo. filled this book full of some secrets and you're giving it away right now. It is not going to be free forever. And it's only free right now because you're launching it initially. Right. But go to sexy, what is it? Sexy roof. I want to say sexy book status. <laughs> It might be sexy book status. I'll have to look, but we'll put it in the link below. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically sexy, sexybookstatus.com um, is the, is the best way to go. And it, it's just, it's crazy. 
So and that's the best way to do it. So go go there. It's it's free, but it talks about more than just if you're ever going to own a house or you own a house, you have to have this book. And by the way, as you're going through and reading it, you might be saying like, well, I'm not a realtor. Why would I want to read this book? Or I'm not a, a roofer. Why would I want to read this book? Listen, I want you to pay attention to the marketing piece of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. You want to grow a successful business. You better become a master marketer first and then have a great distribution, a place to where you can take your your leads and turn them into revenue. Right. And so this book, as you go through it, I want you to think, man, how could I lay something out like this? And uh, if after you're blown away, you may want to reach out to Jason and ask him who he used uh, to put this book together because mm. it is freaking dirty. So man, I know your phone's gone off like 87 times. I hit the airplane mode on my phone because oh, yeah, I was like, I didn't even want to hear it. Yeah, I got to go support my uh, support my kid on his uh, soccer his football game. So, so we're we're gonna cut it. Thanks for being the first champ, not chump, on the Minister Society yes, sir. deal. And I'm excited to actually go back through and re-listen to this. I think we yeah. might have like some stand up in our future, dude. You know, me and you. Let's do this. We can, I just we can do this and we can go up and we can do stand up. Yeah. <laughs> Bam, it. I just started it. There you go. Love it. So I appreciate you, uh, Terrence Burner, Menace to Society. Thank you so much for letting me on. I appreciate it. Dude, glad to have you. All right. That's a wrap, peeps. Go take some of this knowledge that was dropped on you and actually go do something with it. Quit just freaking listening to podcasts and not doing anything with it. Go be, implementation. Implementation. Go be your own menace to society. That's the only reason. That's the reason why we're doing this. Is I, I want people to take actual ta- tactical things that they can do and, and go implement so that they can make an impact and become a menace in their communities. So Love it. it's a wrap, folks. All right, brother. Later. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Menace to Society. A menace to society. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button for more future episodes and share with other menaces that aren't afraid to stand out and smash their goals. Oh, and if you own a business that's generating 100000 or more and you want to explode your business with more revenue while working less, head on over to BeAMenace.com. You owe it to yourself.